Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. All right, well, good evening again. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is David Gulliford, and I don't have a any position here at Living Word other than that I am a minister of the gospel because we all are ministers of the gospel, right? So as always, I am, I'm grateful to have the opportunity, very privileged and honored to share here, and I pray that I never take these opportunities for granted. There's, there's a weight to this. I was having a conversation recently with Matt Gordon along those lines. Just There was an occurrence at uh, Monday Night Prayer a couple weeks ago where Pastor Mike shared a tongue, and I felt like I had the interpretation, and I was like, all I had in my head was one phrase, and I was just thinking, oh, somebody else will get it. It'll be all right. And the silence grew, and I felt like everyone else in the room could hear my heart beating. So I was like, okay, all right. But what I told Matt was I felt like I was going so slow as I was sharing this interpretation, and it's just because I didn't want to mess anything up. And I think that's okay. Uh, to have that attitude, but just all that to say, fair warning, if I move at a slightly different pace tonight than what you may be used to, just extend some grace, still gaining experience here. So tonight, I just want to share a little bit about uh, what the Lord's been dealing with me on over the course of the last six months or so, and and in a broader sense over the last couple of years. Um, So I'll give you a little bit of backstory uh, so we can be caught up. And so you know what I'm talking about. Um, February 23rd, 1995, I emerged onto this planet. uh, (laughs) Born and raised here at Living Word. I mean, technically at at Carl, I think I was born. But uh, most of my vivid childhood memories are right here in this building. And I love this church so much, I bought a house right across the street. So So I'll fast forward uh, 23 years from then. in 2018, uh, I followed the, the leading of the Lord to Rama Bible Training College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, where for three school years, I fully immersed myself in everything Rama had to offer. I was just about as involved as you can be as a student down there. And I loved it. I loved every minute, every day. There were, we were getting pumped full of the word three hours a day, five days a week. There were three church services a week. There was a young adult service once a week. There was prayer and healing school three afternoons a week. And on top of all that, everyone I was surrounded with, for the most part, were spirit-filled believers. What a great environment to be in. It was awesome. The instructors, when you first go down there, they, they tell you about a concept called the Rama bubble. And I definitely lived in it. Uh, and I don't regret that, but... Since moving back in May of 2021, the transition has been much more difficult and took much longer than I would have expected, coming back to the real world. And just to be honest with you tonight, I've had some rough moments in the two years since being back, almost two years. And last fall hit what I would consider, uh, in my adult years, one of my lowest spiritual times. Um, 
And I was, kind of, I was kind of beating myself up over it. Like, come on, I'm a Bible school graduate. I shouldn't go through slumps. Like, come on. But I took those, those thoughts and feelings to the Lord, which is something I got better at uh, in 2022, still getting better at. Took those feelings to the Lord, and I just asked him. I just I said, God, I feel like I've hit a spiritual wall. I'm, I'm just stagnant. I, I experienced so much growth at Rhema, and there was so much opportunity for growth at Rhema. Now what? And his response to me, I'm going to share a little bit of it with you. And I've already shared some of this on my Instagram, so if you follow me on Instagram, you may have heard this. If you don't follow me, at Davey underscore Rusty 74. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, but he responded and said uh, that as an established adult, which I think was his nice way of saying that I'm not as young as I was, as an established adult post-Bible school in my own place, because I had been on my own for a few months at this point, it's my responsibility to create and place myself in an environment for growth. He said, you don't plant something and keep it in a cold, dark place. You put it in an environment for growth. And I thank God that for my entire childhood, from birth through 18, I was in an environment for spiritual growth. There's there are no proper words to give honor where honor is due in regards to my parents for giving me that. And, and for the first five years of my adulthood, I was still at home and in that environment for spiritual growth. After that, three years at Rama in that environment that I just described to you. Now back in 2021, living with my parents for a little over a year, then I moved out and then I hit this spiritually low place. So... What I want to talk about tonight, the title of my sermon, Spiritual Growth Spurt. I want to talk about what that looks like. How many of you tonight would honestly say you would like to grow spiritually? I would assume that those of you coming to church on a Wednesday in April would be in that category. So, so I want to look at some signs of a spiritual growth spurt tonight. One of the one of the questions I've been asked over the course of my life, probably more than any other question besides how are you, is this one. Did you get taller? <laughs> if I had a dime. Oh, my word. Or some, some version of that. Did you get taller? Are you growing? And sometimes I feel as though the people around me genuinely don't think that I know I'm tall. Like, I get it. And just to get this off my chest now that I'm talking about it, I'm 28 years old. I'm 6'5", I'm done growing. So for those of you still asking me, let's just, let's just put that to rest, all right? I'm done. But there was a time where I obviously was still growing. I did not uh, come out of the womb at 6'5". So although we would have broken some Guinness records, I don't think it would have been worth it. So uh, probably from the age of about 9 or 10, the height I wanted to be was either 6'4 or 6'5". And so I made it. Praise God. It's a, it's a great place to be. 6'5 is tall enough to be considered tall, short enough to not be considered for the circus. So <laughs> it's the sweet spot. But obviously, like I said, I wasn't always this height. So there were some incremental, uh, there was incremental growth along the way. There were growth spurts. Not as perceptible to the eyes of those who lived with me day in and day out, but the signs for them 
were the signs of a growth spurt, which uh, I want to define for you and then give you a couple of those signs of a physical growth spurt. The definition of growth spurt that I liked the best when searching this was this, any period of accelerated development. So that can be applied physically, spiritually. And the top two physiological signs of a growth spurt, number one, increased hunger. For those of you who have had teenage boys in your house, you can attest to that. My parents not only saw increased hunger, but increased grocery bills, yeah, so on and so forth. And that's the one I wish I could, I wish I could still claim. Like when I'm going back for seconds, like, hey, I'm still growing, but sadly I can't do that. So increased hunger. The second one is increased sleep. I also wish I could adopt that from time to time. Take a nap. So increased hunger and increased sleep. Now let's, let's take this to the spiritual side. So if hunger and sleep become signs of a spiritual growth spurt, what does that look like? I have four points tonight that will answer that question. And before we get to these points, I just want to say this, that these signs of, of a spiritual growth spurt are not for the person next to you. So you can identify for them, oh, they're not growing spiritually because they're not doing these four points. These are for self-assessment, okay? So, all right, here we go. So point number one, signs of a spiritual growth spurt. Number one, the first two, by the way, sorry. The first two deal with spiritual hunger. The second two with spiritual rest. So number one, spiritual hunger looks like being in the word. Spiritual hunger looks like being in the word. First Peter 2 Verse 2 says, As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. This is the starting point. The milk of the word, the basics of the Bible is the starting point for believers. But we're not supposed to stop there. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid foods belong to to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So those who eat more than milk, those who go deeper in the word, deeper in the things of God, have grown. And those who are, who are going back for seconds and thirds in the word of God, those are the ones going through spiritual growth spurts. And the great, the great thing about hunger for the word of God is that God promises that that hunger will always be satisfied. Matthew 5, 6, the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, says, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They're not just blessed because they hunger, they're blessed because they will be filled. Amen? But we need to understand this, it's not enough to just desire to read, desire to study the Bible. Uh, why? Why are we reading and studying? What's the goal behind all of this? And I've heard two concepts from two different pastors that uh, I want to share with you. I really like them both. The first one is this. Read until you're full. That one comes from uh, Pastor Bill Johnson at Bethel. Read until you're full. In the kingdom, uh, let, me, let me start the other way. In the natural, we become hungry by not eating. But in the kingdom of God, it's, it's a reverse kingdom, an upside-down kingdom, so we become hungry by eating. So if, there's, if you feel like you're lacking insight in a specific area, 
dig into it in the Word and, and watch that hunger develop. And always, always read in partnership with the Holy Spirit as you're reading the Word. So that was the first concept, read until you're full. The second one is read to do His will. We're not just reading to read, we're reading to do His will. I am, I'm currently reading a book by Pastor Mark Batterson, who pastors in Washington, D.C. The book is called Whisper, and in it, he outlines uh, an ancient Benedictine practice called Lectio Divina. I can almost guarantee I'm saying that wrong, but that's okay. Lectio Divina, which means to read the Bible for depth, and it involves four stages or steps. Those are reading, meditating, praying, and contemplating. Reading, meditating, praying, and contemplating. And the practice has been likened to a meal. And I actually want to read a little bit from that book by Mark Batterson as he talks about this and goes over those steps comparing them to a meal. He says, reading is taking the first bite. Unfortunately, that's where most people stop. The second step, meditation, is chewing on words and phrases. Instead of dissecting the word, we let the word dissect us. The third step, prayer, is savoring the word. When was the last time you read the Bible for pure enjoyment? It's prayer time that turns discipline into desire. Have to becomes get to. And the fourth step, contemplation, is digesting the word and absorbing its nutrients. That's how the word gets from our head into our heart. And he says, you can't just read the word, meditate on it, pray through it, and contemplate it. You have to do it. I love this line. Until you obey it, you've simply been educated beyond the level of your obedience. The Bible, Bible says knowledge puffs up. So does that mean we just shouldn't get knowledge? No, our knowledge needs an outlet, and that is faith-filled obedience. Last little paragraph. I wonder what would happen, said Peter Marshall, if we all agreed to read one of the Gospels until we came to a place that told us to do something, then went out to do it, and only after we had done it began reading again. Then Batterson says, I'll tell you exactly what would happen. God's kingdom would come and his will would be done. That's what happens when hearers of the word become doers of it. I thought that was really, really good. So let's read to do his will. And as always, Jesus is our perfect example in this. One of my favorite verses, John 4.34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Doing his will is more satisfying than anything else. So that's number one. Spiritual hunger looks like being in the word. Number two, spiritual hunger looks like serving in the house of God. I really got to fly through these. Lord, help me. Spiritual hunger looks like serving in the house of God. Proverbs 19.15. Proverbs 19.15 says, Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. So if being idle leads to hunger, then it's our activity that will satisfy that hunger. Be an active member of your local body. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. The author of Hebrews says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I've heard so many stories 
and I love hearing these stories uh, of the beginning of this church, uh, the days in the Ogden gym where church had to be set up and torn down each and every week, but nobody cared because it was just everyone was excited to be there. They were excited to serve each other, serve the Lord. And again, I love those stories because 1995, I was born 14 years into the life of this church. I love hearing those, but I would love so much more to see that same enthusiasm now in this facility with all the things that God has blessed us with now. How much easier should it be to have that enthusiasm to come together to serve, right? So let's serve as unto the Lord. That was point number two. Spiritual hunger looks like serving in the house of God. Now shifting to the two points on spiritual rest. Point number three is this. Spiritual rest looks like time in the presence of God. Spiritual rest looks like time in the presence of God. Exodus thirty-three fourteen. God's interacting with Moses. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. There is no true rest apart from his presence. And Moses desired this rest. He desired this presence to such a degree that he responded this way in the next verse. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. What a bold statement. Can you imagine being that attached to the presence to say, you know what? You've promised us this land, but if your presence isn't there, we don't want the promise. Imagine being that attached to the presence of God. Jesus, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, another one of my favorite passages, says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God has worked rest into his plan for the rhythm of our lives and displayed that for us way back at creation when he rested on the seventh day. He desires us to do the same, to rest physically. And then this verse, in this passage, Jesus says you'll find rest for your souls as well. Our souls need rest, whether you recognize it or not. Our, our souls, our minds, our emotions are bombarded every single day. They, they are desperate for rest. And God promises that. And Jesus doesn't make it difficult. All he says is, come to me. That's all it takes. It's not hard to obtain that spiritual rest. The last point, <clears throat> point number four. Spiritual rest looks like confidence in God's victory as we enact it. Spiritual rest looks like confidence in God's victory as we enact it. For this, I want to go to 1 Samuel 17, story of David and Goliath. In verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David could see himself winning. This was, this was before he actually fought Goliath, and he could see himself winning. You know you're growing spiritually when you start volunteering for fights. When you don't let fear hold you back from a fight, you've grown. Pastor Tim Ross said this, mature believers are offensive warriors. They don't wait for the fight to come to them. They, they go after it. And I'm going to show you that with the, the verses, uh, skip down to verse 34. 
But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David went out after the lion. He went out after the bear. And as you continue reading the story, you see he went out after the giant. He didn't wait for the, uh, the fight to come to him. And David didn't see a difference between the lion, the bear, and the giant. That Pastor Tim Ross, who I just quoted, uh, he has a sermon on spiritual growth that he preached at Gateway, which is the church he came out of. He preached that sermon right before COVID and said he Googled the average height of a lion on its hind legs, the average height of a bear on its hind legs, and the average height of both of those were right where Goliath's height is, about nine foot six. So to David, they're, yeah, I've seen that before. And that's how God sees them as well. No matter the size of our problem, God sees them all the same. And when we walk in that knowledge, we have confidence in our victory and his victory through us. Even in exhaustion, we could be experiencing the true spiritual rest of God. There's a little phrase in the book of Judges. This will be my last verse. It's right, it's tucked away in the middle of the, the story of Gideon. And I was reading it a couple of days ago, and this verse just stuck out to me. It's Judges 8, Judges chapter 8, verse 4. And this is after Gideon and his 300 men, his, his diminished army, beat the Midianites. Judges 8, 4. When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Exhausted but still in pursuit. Praise and worship team, you can go ahead and make your way back up here. When you're in a season that just feels like the enemy is doing everything he can to wear you down, keep pursuing. Stay hungry. Stay hungry to do the word of God, to serve as unto the Lord. And keep pursuing rest. I know that kind of sounds oxymoronic, pursue rest. But as we pursue the presence of God, we obtain that rest. We obtain that confidence necessary to look our enemy in the eye, knowing that we have the victory through Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, the rest of you can go ahead and stand with me as we close. There's so many aspects of spiritual growth that we didn't touch on tonight. There's so much to every subject, it's, it's too much to just do in one service. But another concept is that we're, to, we're, we're called to be ambassadors for Christ, right? This means we represent him and we promote his interests above our own. Well, what are his interests? Well, they're all right here in this book. Not whisper, but in the Bible. And as the New Testament is laid out, God gives us his three primary interests. And they're associated with my, my three invitations to you tonight. And the first one is this. In the Gospels, it's clear that God's primary interest is for the lost and that they come to know Jesus. 
So if you're here tonight and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, tonight's the perfect night to do it. I invite you, as soon as I finish here, I'm going to pray, and then they're going to sing. As soon as they start singing, come on down. I'll pray with you. The microphone will be off. No one will hear. It's a simple prayer, but it's a life-changing prayer. My second invitation goes along with God's secondary interest, which is laid out in the book of Acts, and that is that those believers then become spirit-filled. So if you're here tonight, you're a believer, but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus placed a big emphasis on this. He didn't give the Great Commission and then let the disciples loose. He said, wait. They needed the power that the Holy Spirit had. And we do too. So if you're here tonight, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you, you're a believer, but you feel like you're lacking some, some power to do the will of God, come forward. And then the third invitation is this. As laid out in the epistles, God's third primary interest is that those spirit-filled believers grow spiritually which is what we've been talking about tonight. So if you're in a place, if the, the story I told of myself last fall kind of resonates with you, I just, just feel stagnant. I feel like I've hit a wall spiritually. I'm just not growing. Maybe you can even recognize spiritual growth spurts that you've had in the past, but right now you're just, you've hit a wall. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. I have not arrived by any means. And unlike physical height, there is no maxing out on spiritual growth. So we're all still growing. So if you're here tonight and you say, I am ready to experience a spiritual growth spurt, I've been stagnant, I'd love the opportunity to pray with you as well. So on any of those three invitations, as soon as I pray, they're going to sing. I ask you to come down here and I'll pray with you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.